Hello and welcome to the Luxembourg History Podcast. My name's Tom Tutton and I'm your host for our second series. Today we're going to discuss some of Luxembourg's most famous artists. We'll give an overview of some of the country's biggest artistic names before zooming in on the story of Franz Zaymetz, Luxembourg's first professional artist. We hope you'll enjoy the podcast. Now unless you're involved in the scene, a regular museum goer, or just love art a lot, you might not know that much about Luxembourg's art scene. You'll all be familiar with the big names such as Van Gogh, Picasso or Monet, but you may have heard little about our local artists who have contributed their fair share to the art world. To fill this gap, we'll now present you a couple of Luxembourg's best-known male painters from the 19th and 20th century. Jean-Baptiste Frises was born in France in 1800, but moved to Luxembourg two years later, and he now counts as among one of Luxembourg's most important painters of the 19th century. After successful studies at a Luxembourgish drawing school, he continued his studies at the renowned Académie des Beaux-Arts in Brussels. The latter allowed him to qualify as an art teacher and he worked as such at the Athenée in Luxembourg. He's now best known for his marvellous landscape paintings of Luxembourg City and for his portraits of the Grand Ducal family. His works were already appreciated during his lifetime because of his eye for detail and they remain beautiful to look at today. You can see some of his works in the National Museum of History and Art in the capital. Moving on, Pierre Brandebourg was born in Luxembourg City in 1824 and was actually a student of Jean-Baptiste Frises. After his studies in Luxembourg, Brandebourg went on to study art across Europe. Back in Luxembourg, he first focused on landscape painting and depictions of the steel industry. Although his talent was recognised, he didn't make enough money through his art alone and decided to switch to photography, which was a relatively new medium at the time. He ended up opening Luxembourg's first photographic studio, which became increasingly popular. You can admire some of his works in the Phototech, but most of them remain in private collections. The next man on our list is Sosten Weiss, who was born in Ettelbruck in 1872 and studied civil engineering in Germany. He worked as an architect, first in Munich and then in Luxembourg. The Arbed and post office building in Luxembourg City count amongst his most well-known works. When it came to painting, his affinity for art already showed as a child and he was especially interested in watercolour paintings. He would often paint the same spot several times to account for changes in the light and his paintings are full of refreshing colours. It's estimated that he painted around 5,000 pictures, mostly of Luxembourg City. Our next artist is Dominic Lang, who was born in Dudelange in 1874. Similarly to some of the previously mentioned artists, he started his studies in the Athenae, before going on to study art in Antwerp. He worked as a drawing teacher, but is also Luxembourg's best-known Impressionist painter. His style of Impressionist art was quite striking, as he began his career in a more classical pre-Raphaelite style, in which he painted, for instance, a fresco in the church of Junglister, which can still be admired today. Lang's continuous development finally led him to Impressionism, and he started to adapt the brighter colours used by other Impressionists, such as Monet. During this time, Lang mainly focused on peaceful paintings of the countryside. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to make a living out of his art and also kept working as a teacher. His talent was well recognised, however, and he was twice awarded the Prix Grand Duc Adolphe, a Luxembourgish art prize. Some of his paintings are now in the National Museum of History and Art, where you can go and visit. Coming up next, Joseph Kutter was born in 1894 
and is one of Luxembourg's most well-known artists. He aspired to be a painter from a young age and studied in Munich. Kutter's style is mostly expressionist and marked by the use of dark colours. He regularly exhibited his works in salons abroad, but was temporarily interrupted by World War II and illness. Although he painted a variety of different subjects, ranging from landscapes to portraits, Kutter is probably most well-known for his clown head paintings. The latter represent the traditionally cheerful figure of the clown on a dark background and with a sad expression, leaving the observer slightly unsettled. A selection of his works can also be seen in the National Museum of History and Art. Finally, Gust Graz was born in Esch in 1924. Unlike most of the other painters, he didn't study art but law in Paris after being forced to join the German forces during World War II. While in Paris, he met Impressionist painters who probably had an impact on his work. Back in Luxembourg, he worked as a lawyer and then for the RTL group. He continuously painted alongside his work and especially focused on his abstract art after his retirement and move to Spain. Grass was successful in both his professional and his artistic career, holding exhibitions abroad, but sadly he passed away in early 2020. We're now going to move on to the story of Franz Semetz, Luxembourg's first professional artist and a lifelong nomad, eccentric bon vivant and a relentless optimist. Zemetz's bohemian lifestyle took him from the shores of the Baltic Sea all the way to the United States of America, and to this day he is remembered not only as a talented painter, but also as an immensely fascinating character. In his hometown Grevenmacher, Zemetz is among the most prominent of the town's many historical and mythical figures. A street is named after him, a whole song about his life was written and performed during the 2002 Macher Freiheit Festival, and his likeness is regularly used on posters and flyers advertising cultural events in the town. Looking at the artist's life, it quickly becomes clear why Seymetz continues to intrigue people long after his death. In order to dissect the legend, we will now look at three main aspects of Seymetz's biography. His life in the light of his many travels, his art and how it allowed him to become the country's first professional artist, and finally Seymetz's legacy and his place in the Grand Duchy's cultural history. Beside his work as a painter, Seymetz is famous for being a lifelong globetrotter. The artist, who is also known as Corrier Schruden in his hometown Grevenmacher, was born on the 21st of April 1858. His talent was recognised at a young age by the industrialist and MP Dominique Antoine Pescatore from Mertert. Pescatore became the young man's patron and encouraged Seymetz to go abroad to study his craft, advice which the Grevenmacher local would follow for the rest of his life. At first, his travels didn't take him too far as he started his training in Trier. However, he would soon move on to Brussels, where he worked for a local painter before eventually concluding his education at the Academy of Fine Arts in Munich and the École des Beaux-Arts in Paris. Seymetz briefly returned to Luxembourg and settled in the capital, where he would soon be offered a unique opportunity. The honorary consul of the United States of America had his portrait painted by the emerging artist, and he offered the latter a ticket to New York as payment. Having caught an incurable case of the travel bug, Seymetz did not think twice and left the old continent for the US in the late 1887. The artist from the Grand Duchy lived in Dubuque, Iowa for around two years, five months of which he spent on a houseboat travelling down the Mississippi. Doing justice to his taste for exploration, the painter's time in North America also included trips to the Antilles, Mexico and Canada. 
He eventually returned to Luxembourg in 1896, and just a year later he met and married his wife Marie-Antoinette Bourgeois from Arlon. Bourgeois shared her husband's nomadic lifestyle, and together the couple travelled across Europe, including trips to, among other places, the Baltic Sea, the Alsace, Munich and Italy, specifically the island of Capri. Contrary to many other artists at the time, Seymet did achieve success during his own lifetime. While he was not necessarily wealthy, he was able to live from his art alone and can thus be considered the country's first professional artist. His first artwork was a still life showing some flowers, and his first portrait depicted the local dean. Besides landscape paintings, portraits were Seymet's other speciality. Many of them show people he met during his many travels, but he also eternalised a lot of his personal friends, which included other famous Luxembourgers of the time, for example Michael Rodange, the author of Renat. At the beginning of his career, Seymet's main influences included the Dutch masters Rembrandt, Franz Hals, Vermeer and Hobbema. From them, the young Luxembourger learned to play around with bright and dark colours. His mastery in displaying light and shadow can be seen in many of his paintings. Another potential reason for his success was that he was the first Luxembourgish painter to embrace Impressionism, an art movement which originated in Paris and swept across Europe in the 19th century. It is believed that especially his time at the prestigious art schools in Munich and Paris shaped the way he intended to use his artistic talent. During his stay in Paris, Seymet also visited the prestigious Salon, the official art exhibition of the École des Beaux-Arts, in 1884, where he met the famous Hungarian painter Mihaly Munkaxi. Looking at Seymet's life, which was the natural result of the artist's optimistic, happy-go-lucky attitude towards everything, it seems only fitting that he would be drawn to an art style which emphasised painting outdoors and capturing the feeling and movement of a scene. Somewhat ironically though, the innovator Seymet later on in his life rejected the emerging art styles of expressionism, cubism and abstractionism, being unable to understand the evolution in art taking place in the early years of the 20th century. Seymetz, alongside painter Dominic Lang, who you mentioned previously, was awarded the Grand Duke Adolf Prize in 1904, and many of Luxembourg's biggest newspapers published obituaries and tributes following his death in 1934. In more than one way, the name of Franz Seymetz should always come up when discussing the Grand Duchy's greatest artists. From a cultural point of view, he proved to be an innovator by delving into Impressionism and depicting the Grand Duchy and the many, many places he visited in completely new ways. His rather irregular painting style differentiates him from his friend and contemporary Jean-Pierre Becchius, who is often regarded as the official painter of the Moselle. As Luxembourg's first professional artist, he achieved something which is difficult even for today's artists and is only further proof of his exceptional talent. However, especially in his hometown Grevenmacher, Semitz is also remembered for his eccentric but immensely likeable character. While his art may have made him famous, it's very apparent that Seymitz's true love and passion was for the experience of life itself. He had a taste for adventure, which accompanied him his whole life, and a genuine curiosity about the world and the people surrounding him. Batty Weber, one of Luxembourg's most popular authors and a personal friend of Seymitz, described the painter's residence in Luxembourg City as a small museum filled with artworks and ancient furniture. Seymetz took chances, dove headfirst into the deep end again and again, and set out into the unknown while always carrying the memories of his upbringing with him. His memoir, which he wrote towards the end of his life, is a testimony to a sarcastic, witty and intelligent man who lived life on his own terms and ended up becoming one of the truly fascinating personalities of Luxembourg's history. That's all we've got for today. 
Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Luxembourg History Podcast. This episode was based on articles by Tom Weber and Zara Castagna. Script adaptation and hosting by Thomas Tutton. Brought to you by RTL Today. 